It is Six Pack Lapidat. A quick note on today's podcast with Casey Romero. Um, the first hour, her mic wasn't the greatest. Uh, we were under the impression that's the only mic she had. About an hour in, and it's close to a two-hour podcast, um, I think she got another headphone set with a mic from her sister, and bam, it got uh, exponentially better. So I wanted to give a quick heads up right there off the top. If you're listening to it and you're like, okay, this isn't the quality I would have liked. The mic wasn't the greatest in the first hour, but it gets better. And um, as uh, sorry, I am dropping two podcasts today. Uh, so my man Rob Philippus or Quads like Rob on Instagram both these individuals are going to be at the showdown meet. Actually, KC had to pull out, but they were both on the roster anyways. But uh, dropping both those episodes today. So there you have it. And we're going to keep rumbling forward. The next one we got planned is Dan Bell. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Dan Bell is the world record holder in and out of wraps in the super heavyweight division. So we, we're keeping it moving. We're keeping it moving. Do me a favor. Subscribe, like, tell your friends, and uh, put this in your Instagram stories, and I will repost. Um, you're doing me a favor, and it's much appreciated, and you're doing our guests a favor for that extra little shine. With no further ado, here's the podcast. So how have you been? KC Romero. I've been good. I've been good. It's been training. It's been a little crazy during this, uh, during the lockdown. Are you able, so uh, has that affected you in terms of, I know you're a coach. Um, has it affected you in terms of like your clients and your training? Yeah. Um, for a good minute, I lost like, over half of them because they weren't, um, their gyms are closed and then half of them didn't have like home gyms or anything so they couldn't do anything about it um and so like i offered like trying to make like home workouts for them and stuff like that um for the ones that stayed um again i couldn't really do anything about that like if you don't have like bar like you don't have, if you don't have a setup at home like you need a barbell you need a rack some people would like kind of get creative and use like um you know, everyone thinking like homemade racks out of wood. Really- <laughs> yeah. You see, you know, when it first happened, you see some pretty creative stuff. There was a guy who worked in like, he must have been in a warehouse and was using like crates in the warehouse. And he had, he used like the forklift as a squat rack. It was like unracking out of the forklift. And he, it was crazy. I was sharing some of it. And, um, Jonathan Keiko, who like he benches a lot and squats a lot, like he's a US 93 kilo champ. So he's super strong. And he was using like chairs as like a bench to take the, like it was, some of it was a little shaky. He's like, look, and I'm only going to go so heavy with yeah. that if I got, because this is really makeshift. Like this is, we're towing that line, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, like for beginners, especially like if I have like beginner girls, like it's fine, like whatever. If you want to go to Home Depot, build like a wooden raft, that's fine. Because like, you know, if the squat's like under like 300 or so, then it's like, you're going to be okay. But if, if you're like a man that can squat like 600 plus, like I wouldn't load that on like 
wood. Like that's so <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not loading it up on. Yeah, exactly. And especially some of these dudes might not be the most like handyman with their in terms of making these things. It's not yeah. like you know. Yeah, I wouldn't trust anything that I would build. So, so I never went down that route. Is it is it kind of getting back to normal now with gyms opening back up in terms of your clients getting back into the gym or or what's it like? Because online it's probably certain sections are certain sections aren't right. Yeah, um, uh, I still don't have as much as I had pre lockdown, but like I've gotten back up. Um, some of the people that I did have, I still don't have them back. I'm not really sure what they ended up doing. Um, I mean, I guess some some of them are like in like more like New York type of places, like maybe they're not open up yet. Um, but I've gotten like new ones in, so it just kind of leveled itself out. It's just, it is what it is. It gets touchy. Like, like, I mean, not just for powerlifting coaching, but businesses in general, like a lot of places are closing again and they'll never come back. Oh yeah. That's Which is, yeah, it's kind of scary stuff, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't want to like get political on this whole lockdown thing, but and yeah, it's it great. <laughs> You know what? I know it's a lot of businesses, small businesses. I know what you mean. Where, okay, I just had uh, quads like Rob, Rob Philippus on it, like yesterday. Haven't dropped the episode yet, but we were just talking briefly about it. I know what you mean when you say like I don't want to get political with it because everything is po- politicized. Where if you wear a mask, it's it's like politics now. If you like everything's politics now where you're like, oh my God, I'm not trying to get political, right? I'm just trying to talk about something. I don't know anything related to any of that. So I'm going to get attacked on either side. I'm just like, right. this is my squad. What's up? <laughs> How has your training been throughout it? Were you able to train through? Yeah, I was able to train with friends. So I was okay. Yeah. I mean, we had some, some people also got created. I had LS, uh, Ellis McLean on here. And he said the gym he was at actually like he got some of the equipment, a bunch of people that were going to the gym. Look, I don't even know if he should have been saying this, but he did. So it is what it is out there. But he was like, the gym lent him the equipment and people didn't cancel their memberships. So they worked out in his garage on the equipment. I mean, like 20 of them, like a bunch of them. And he was like, they just kept their moving right through. And I was like, dude, I don't even know if you're allowed to do that. Yeah, um, actually, one of the people down here, I don't know, maybe you know him, Wong Strong. He's like, yeah. yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like he has the whole entire, like, he pretty much ended up creating like, an entire gym in his garage, and people would come, like, 20 at once and it's, just train there. And, and people look the other way, I think. Like, in terms of um, authorities of, of whatever, they, they kind of look the other way he in certain... Something about, like, his neighbors complaining about where the people were parking. I think he ended up having, like go to an actual like court thing and then it, it ended up being nothing because it's like you don't like have people over like but that's just what it is like have people over here it's it's man it's a strange times and people are just trying to get through so it's hard to like it's hard to judge unless you're in certain people's positions where it's some people are facing like i could lose everything so you know, desperate times call for desperate measures i'm not trying to on either side i know you mean where it's like i'm not trying to get involved and judgy but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good. Uh, the, another thing that hit powerlifting, obviously, is the competitions have gone way, like, have been canceled. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we've taken a huge hit in terms of the, the powerlifting calendar. So you are, you're actually pulling out of the showdown meet. Why, why was that? Is that because, like, travel? Is that – what's, what's uh, the story there, do you think? I would say it started in 
March where I strained my hip flexor. So like I could literally, my squat was like 133 at a point where I was literally like struggling to squat 133. And I was like, well, this isn't good. But I was like, you know what? I'll try to like rehab it, get my squat back up. But for the most part, like I'm back where I was, but it's just like, I don't want to compete and, you know, hit the same number again. Like that's not worth it for me to go travel for that. So the only, re the only like motivation I had to actually go to showdown was if I felt I can take one of the world records, um, I'd be like 188 plus for this meet. Um, so it would be 607 and like, maybe I could get it, maybe I can't. And to me, it's not worth it if I'm in the maybe zone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm just gonna, I'll wait. And you know, if I just wait like six months or something, then I can get a bigger squat, I can have a bigger bench and I'm comfortable. Like, yeah, I'll totally get that. Like, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be like, maybe I'm going to fly these four hours and maybe I'll get it. Or maybe it'll be the same me as I just did January. Like, it just it wasn't worth it. Right. You know? and, and there's nothing worse than putting in a bunch of work, getting injured, putting in like the financial and time and energy into it, showing up and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, my yeah, number's going to go down. My, I mean, my hip flexor definitely got a million times better, but like, what if like, you know, trying to do these nine heavy attempts all at once, like it does something. It's just like, uh, it's just there's this there's just not enough motivation. And it's like, oh, like if I could win something, it's like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of struggles there. So I'm just I I'm not, you know. There's Mariana going and just like Hunter. It's like there's a lot. I'm just like, I'm just not even gonna. I'm not, I'm gonna wait. I rather wait. Where what where did you grow up? Where? Yeah. Uh, Tampa, Florida. Where? Sorry. Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Okay. And, and did you, were you into sports growing up? What sports were you into? Zero. I think I played like volleyball in like sixth grade. Oh, wow. In uh, basketball maybe for like semester. But like growing up, I was honestly just like on the math team my entire life. Like, that's you were on the math team? <laughs> oh, my. You were, you were, you were a mathlete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you was, really? That was that's were you, what I did. Was it, uh, like, so what does the math team do? Um, after school, we study how to solve problems and we learn like new problems that aren't in like the uh, coursework. We're just learning extra math things oh and learning God. how to solve it faster and just like, yeah. You were the opposite of a meathead. You were the, yeah. you were totally not what I would have expected then. Yeah, no, like literally like six years ago, I looked nothing like I did now. Like I had zero, like six, probably like six, seven years ago before I like got into the gym and lifting. I was just like super soft, super thick, um, no muscle, like, yeah. And then it, slowly like, was like, I need to get in shape and so, yeah. Did you have siblings or do you have siblings? Yeah, I have three sisters. Holy oh, smokes, four girls. Yeah. And are yeah. they all relatively close in age? Yes, very. Uh, I forget, I think they're 29, 30, 31, and then I'm 27. So you're the baby too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, were they into sports? No. Like now because like I'm more into like working out and stuff, like they'll like look at me like, oh, what should I do? How should I eat? What should I, you know? That yeah, yeah. Stuff. And like, how, how was that growing up with four sisters? My God, your dad at certain points had to be a very patient man. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, we only grew up with my mom, but yeah, my mom was just like, had it up to here with us because she was just it's like one mom dealing with four women so this house full of pure estrogen it's just interesting 
five <laughs> women in a house. This is this is a reality TV show. Holy smokes! Yeah, no, it really is. It's like almost like uh, the the normal day, the normal life of like Star um, Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That would be like the Kardashian style. And were you guys close coming up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were sisters. I, mean, I don't. It was normal, I guess. A lot of fighting, but like in the end, we're sisters, you know. Yeah, it's typical. So I got an. I, I got an, put two of them I got an older brother and a younger sister, but my older brother's only two years older, and um, it's one of those weird. Like you could your best friends, but you can also you will fight like because you're around each other twenty four seven, and you're like yeah. you you just had enough of each other at a certain point, like you just can't yeah. take it anymore. So sometimes you're gonna fight and then. Are we still mad at each other, or do you guys, or do you want to play some video games? Because you're, yeah, you're my, still there. Yeah, with my sister all the time, because like we'll be like arguing over like stupid things, like screaming, blah, 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 and then like five minutes later, we're like sending each other memes. Right. <laughs> like, that's the beauty of having a sibling, and that's another reason why. Um, I remember one night my buddy and his brother were getting into it, and my one, my other buddy's like, "Should I get involved? What should I? What should we do here?" And I'm like, "Listen to me, my friend." Don't get involved in two siblings because they'll go to a crazy height of getting at each other. And then the next day, all is forgiven just like that. But if you get involved, interject, whatever you say and do is not going to be forgiven like that. It's a special thing when it's a sibling. Stay out of the business when it comes to two siblings. He's like, but they're getting pretty heated. I'm like, oh, I bet they are, buddy. They'll straight up come to blows, but they'll be fine the next day. That's kind of the way it is after a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're used to it. So when you were in the mathlete, when you were a mathlete, um, and that's not a word I use very often, by the way, <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast, this is a PR for me. Um, so when you were a mathlete, like who did you, in high school, how would you describe you in terms of how your peers would have saw you? Um, I was definitely, like I'm still the same way I am. Like I'm honestly like a really quiet person to myself most of the time, unless I'm like with close friends. Um, but yeah. People would come up to me and like, <laughs> I guess I was like, the, I was kind of like the master. Like there was a point, like, especially when I got like deeper into it, I guess, like 11th grade, um, one of the teacher passed away and I, I spent my summer like just studying calculus because like I had nothing else to do. Oh my um, God, this is adorable. I absolutely love this story. <laughs> so then, um, and I, in the year prior, I was like a teacher assistant to one of the math teachers. So she knew like I was pretty good at like creating like tests and quizzes. So after that teacher passed away, I would literally like became like a teacher for the class that didn't have the teacher anymore. Jeez. And I would like make quizzes and tests and teach. And Holy shit. Yeah, it was a whole thing. That was yeah. I mean that's why like I went to like uh for my degree in math because that's like just my thing. I don't know. So what, what do you think is it with math that you enjoyed so much about it? I guess I'm just like a really analytical person. So it came natural. Like for me, like for me getting a degree in math was a, like, a, it was not, well, not a cop out, but it was just like a, I don't know, I can do this. Like I can literally like, you know, look over a test review and be like, oh, okay, I totally understand all of that and take the test on the fine. Like it was like cheating my way of cheating for a degree, you know, like if I was, if I were to do like biology or something, like that's not really my thing, I'd have to like actually study. So. But it, so it just is one of those things that comes normal, like the way, when you look at a math problem, the formula just starts coming out and it's easy for you to start working through yes. it. 
I, I, I asked this because, so I went to school for marketing and um, like in university math is, university math was difficult for me. Like I was the guy who was, had a tutor. I probably had a kid like you tutoring me. <laughs> I probably had your version up here in Canada tutoring me. And um, I mean, I got, I, I did so much tutoring and just got by with like a 60 or whatever. So it's very difficult for me. My brain just doesn't work that way. But, uh, but I do understand how like people's brains all work differently. So when you see this math problem, the equation starts unfolding and it's just, is it just natural for you? Yeah. I don't, to see the progression I or. I just understand it. Like it's just breaking it down, like into pieces and just going deeper. Like, okay, this, and like, I guess like a lot of the times when I was like, especially when I was like teaching myself, like just literally going through the calculus book, understanding like how to solve the problem. Like I, I, I guess I taught myself how to solve problems in general. So when I look at it, I like, I can look at the solution, look at the problem and I can just work backwards and like, okay, uh, so this is what I need to do kind of thing. Because um, in math, in math, you get points for the formula and how you get there, not just for the end result, right? Is that yeah, how it works? Some of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to get like how the features was grade, like if you put, if you threw down an answer and it was completely wrong, you'd be like, no. But if you threw down like, show your work, and they're like, okay, right. I can kind of see how you got that and I'll give you some points here and there. Is there a right and wrong way to do it? Or is there different ways to get the right, is there different proper ways to get that answer? Or is there always a right and wrong way? And they're like, you got, you did it wrong, but you stumbled across the right answer, but you didn't really do it properly. Is that how it is? I think, I think because you like try to show your work at least, but the teacher would usually be like, you get one point just for effort. But there yeah. is a right and wrong way to do it. There isn't several right ways to do it. I mean, there's just so many different like math things. Like there's like statistics, calculus, there's like yeah. trig and whatever, you know? So it, it is just not one way to do it. Um, I don't know. I haven't, honestly, I taught myself, I haven't like, tried to solve a math problem in like a year and a half since I graduated. Or two years, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, there's not one way to do it, but like to, I guess I just trained myself how to look at one problem and break everything down into like small, into like just compartments so you can kind of see every single thing that's happening and like right. why you know, how to get, how to get from A to B. And I think, I think that's like part of like how, like why I'm good with like programming and stuff is because like, I just see numbers and I'm just like, this happened this way, this way, this, this way, you know, like looking percentages, looking at RPE, looking at like literally everything. Like, well, that's, that, that is, uh, I mean, th this is where I was going with this. That's why I was interested in it is, it is though, um, like when you're looking at a spreadsheet and you're looking at numbers and you're like, how do we work back? You know, when you're talking about, here's the problem, and let's work back from this and how do we make different ways of making it happen. That's one thing with like math, which can be difficult. If your mind isn't the, like if you're the type that likes to create your own path and you, it can be difficult, right? Like it depends on how your mind works. You know, uh, I just, my mind didn't click and work that way, but I know what you mean. And if you have the ability to work backwards, like reverse engineer some of these things, like you could see how this really would, the analytical mind would work for programming. Like, how did you yeah. end up? So for, how did you go from mathlete to athlete? How did you end up lifting weights? <laughs> because being like this nerd, I was literally like, you're talking about like, I would literally sit at my kitchen table with like a big ass coffee, but filled with espresso. Cause I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. So my mom didn't have a coffee machine, she had an espresso machine. And instead of having, brewing my own like 
coffee, I brewed espresso, and I would fill up a huge mug of just pure espresso. Like, I was, my caffeine problem was really bad at a very early age. Um, so, yeah, I found that, and you're talking about, like, I would literally sit there for, like, eight hours just, like, doing math straight, 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 straight. Um, so, like, I'm not moving. Like, I, so, like, slowly over time, I'm just, like, eating, drinking coffee, solving math problems, watching TV, sleeping. So, like, I was not in shape at all. Like, like I'll send you, I can, I can show you a picture later. Like, I was just super soft. And, like, over time, I'd, like, try to, like, lose the weight. I had no idea what I was doing. So, I would do cardio for, like, an hour or two. And, like, I, it was just, like, it was not working. Because I'm just, like, doing all this cardio. And then if I ever, like, ate too much, then it's coming right back on. Um, so then one day, like, you know, I finally made this decision. I was like, all right, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I need to fix to something. So I was like, I need like a competition. I'm, I'm competitive. Like, so, so like, you know, even in math, like really, I was really competitive. I was like, actually, um, so I, I hired a coach and I was like, Hey, I want to do, um, a bodybuilding show. He's like, all right, cool. Whatever. So like literally like three months, I like, I lost so much weight and like, I almost had abs and everything. Like I was like, um, borderline ready for like an amateur bikini contest or yeah um and I did one in 2016 May I was pretty good like you know whatever I was really small because it was bikini um so then from there um I got introduced into like powerlifting and I was like all right well after the bikini thing like it was it wasn't that wasn't my cup of tea because like going on stage in front of all these people I was like panning straight up my nose and I was like this isn't what I want to do like I feel like yeah. in this, this isn't it so I was like I chose like a different you know way of competition I was like all right I like this lifting weight thing and then I just got I got stuck man <laughs> once I started like deadlifting racing I was like oh man are you, it's stereotypical, I know, but are you like an introvert or extrovert? Like when people think of, of some super into math, crushing like eight hours of math, you think of an introvert, you know what I mean? Like the typical in a movie or whatever, you'd be the introvert. Yeah, no, group. I'm a thousand percent an introvert. Like my, my I'm INTP, that's what I'm saying. What's that? Like, what? That's like the, that'd be like the math teacher. Okay. <laughs> like the analyst, the math professor whatever yeah yeah and um so doing something like a bikini contest must have been almost terrifying like i yeah. i i dated a girl who did she did a fitness show as well i think she was in like, i know there's different categories but um she was in it and she's you know not necessarily introvert not crazy over the top extrovert but she i i seen the behind the scenes and she was like when when it comes to like week before she's like holy shit, I don't think I could do this. This is, this is, this is like, I'm going to walk on stage in a small bikini and get judged on my body. Like this yeah. is the most putting yourself out there vulnerable. It's very difficult. Like I, I'm shit, man. I mean, I'll, I'll go to the beach, but I don't know if I want to go to competition where it's literally just judge me, you know? Yeah. So that's very, that's a whole different it's like a routine too. You know, like, like when I was doing it, I was shaking so much. Like to walk out, like you know, poised, whatever, posing. It's just like, oh my god, just freaking out. I that I swear to God. So maybe if you don't know the person up there, but. I was dating the girl at the time and it was like, she looks fucking scared. Her lip was shaking. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she's doing this. It would be so difficult. That's why I like going from eight hours of math to being that girl on, on stage in a bikini, that must've been freaking, if nothing else that was, that had to be character building and confidence boosting to get through this, to be like, I could do, I did that. Like that's tough. Yeah. That's not an easy thing. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but honestly, it's not that different. Um, it's it's comparable to when you're in a meet and they're like, Casey, you're on deck, or Casey, you're out and switch. <laughs> it's like, that's literally me every single time they say my name. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, I have to go, like, we'll do all, that's like, you know, lift weights in front of like this crowd of people shouting your name, or like, you know, everyone's trying to give you cues. I'm just like, oh my God. Jesus. Like, if you ever see me just say, I'm just like, headphones in, I'm just going at it. Like, I don't, I usually like, if I'm like close to you, I'll like, you know, like, I might have a little conversation with you or something, but for the most part, I'm just like, lifting my weights. Like, that's it. Like, the most social I am is definitely like on. Instagram, and I don't even think I'm that social, but like, you know, I post stories and stuff, like, that's, I'm doing a thing, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, it's rare, yeah. The thing, the thing with powerlifting is, um, even if you're super nervous, because it's just lifting weights, and it's not like, um, for instance, like for, if you're doing like a math equation, you have to have your wits about you, man. You gotta be analytically thinking and processing this. And if it's a competition on the fly, you have a limited amount of time, you gotta get through this. Whereas powerlifting, when you're nervous, that nervousness creates adrenaline. And adrenaline's yeah. a good thing. Like you don't have yeah. to, it's okay if you forget. There's a strategy, like in terms of chess match or something, you go up there and lift the weights and the body pattern, like the movements should be in your body pattern anyway. So at the very least, the one thing I like about powerlifting, when you're nervous, you actually perform better because the adrenaline's even higher. You just yeah. actually have to make sure you don't use too much early. And then by the time deadlifts rolls around, you got no adrenaline left. You're like, I'm exhausted. Like, why am I so exhausted? Because you were way too nervous and you expended way more energy than you thought. You know, there's, yeah. it's, it's actually a thing where people, like coaches and handlers back in the warm up room tell their athletes, like when they're pacing too much, like sit down, like, like you're, you're using too much energy. You're too wound up. Yeah. This thing's going to go three hours and you're not going to stay up for three hours. I need yeah. you up for like nine lifts, you know, like a minute yeah. before and then we're good. But yeah, it's, that's probably the most difficult is managing um the nervousness how how did you so from after the bikini contest how did you end up finding powerlifting um it was actually through my ex so i was like this little like bikini girl i meet this like big powerlifter guy and you know like it was like you know a little story like oh that's so cute you know like big ass guy little girl it's like she's you know helping me I'm, like we both have those different goals um but then as soon as like, you know, I'm in the gym and I see like him deadlifting all this weight or I see the girls deadlifting all this weight, I'm just like, wait a second, I want to do this. Like, yeah. cause I mean like, even when I was doing bikini, like I was such a gym bro. Like I was still like on the leg press and you would see me literally slapping on, slapping on like seven, eight plates on each side. Like I was always like, you know, like I see the guy next to me and I see him like with three plates, I'm like, all right, well I'm doing seven. <laughs> like, you know, like, I always had like this super like ridiculous competitive thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So when it was like when it translated into like, well, I can't, you know, there's not a competition for leg press or leg extension or like whatever. And right. I thought it was for like deadlifts and stuff like that. Automatically, I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. You were like, yo, is there a leg press world championships I could sign up for? I think I want to make. If there was, I would win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're like, sanction it. I'm going in. I'm going in. So, so, um, so when you started, so you got introduced to your boyfriend and was he like coaching you essentially or teaching you the lifts? Like in terms of like the form on squat? Cause sumo yeah. is, sumo is a very technical lift. Yeah. Um, yes, he was here and there. I would tell you the truth. My sumo was probably the ugliest thing you've ever seen in the world. When I first started, it literally looked 
like a dog shitting. That's literally <laughs> what my team was like. I'm like so lucky I didn't break something in those times. But yeah, like yeah. if you see like the before and after, like what my sumo is now and like what it was, it's just like that's a huge difference. Huge difference. Um, so yeah. And so, so how did you start making these adaptations and changes? Like once you got into it and you're like, hold the phone, there's, I'm not doing this properly. Like, did you reach out to someone or did you, did you like hop online and social media, start watching people and be like, oh, I don't look like that when I'm lifting. Well, there's some gaps in my technique here. Yeah, I mean, at first it was like for a good amount of like me starting posting, it was like brute strength. Like it was just like, I'm getting this bar off the ground whether I die or not. Like, you know, like it was, it was not, like it showed like I wasn't putting thought into it. It was straight up like take the bar up. And like yeah. I did, but it's like that didn't look good, so you did it. Um, like I was getting like, you know, like, I first started like state records and like I got the state record, but it looks like absolute shit. Um, but yeah, I guess over time, and I don't know, I guess like here and there I would hear things about like, you know, people say something about like my form, and I'd like, at first I was like, who cares? Like if it's up, it's up. Like, that was like my mentality back then. And then, um, then I started like seeing like other people's so I'm like, okay. And then like, you know, when I saw people like Yuri and I was like, wow, that's actually beautiful. Like I want to do that. This is very, very, so hard to replicate. I don't like, you know, like there's very few people who you'll see like a Yuri less. Like if you look at like, you know, um, Dan Griggs, like, I feel like that's the only person who I feel has passed like a Yuri type of sumo. Like the Yuri was like, well, you know, you see him on uh, his Instagram go like these doing his technique work with like 800 pounds. It's like, wow, like that's literally like boom, boom. Like you just lock that out in like two movements. Yeah, um, Yuri, Yuri sumo is one of the most efficient lifts I've, I've seen in my life. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and, and people, people talk all this stuff about like, oh, don't use straps and training, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, he's, a, he's like, he's an outlier because all he does is use his straps. And I remember he was competing at whatever his last meet was, I think it was, um, he warms up in, he warms up with his straps and he only does his hook grip for like maybe his last warm up and then the meet and then like his actual like. Attack. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. It, it kind of makes sense. So here's, here's the thing. I know intuitively people would say, your, your grip strength won't be there if you do it too often, but who knows what else he's doing in terms of grip strength, right? But yeah. it does make sense in that if you're, if you're deadlifting, especially as the amount of weight he's, he's going to deadlift, if you're using hook grip, your hands might not hold up. So he's telling himself, it's competition day. I'm only going to get, my hands are going to hold up for only so much rep work with this. So for my top end lifts, I need it. So I'm going to save my hands for when it gets heavy and I need it and we're getting on the platform. Plus he's done it so often. He knows if it's there or if it's not. He knows like if his grip strength is on point or if he's got to do some work. You know, that's, it's part of being a veteran like him. Yeah, that's very true. So you started, so you found guys, so you've seen people like Yuri. Did you have, when you started hopping online, was there someone that you found that you started kind of looking up to? Um... In the beginning, I guess it was like, what's her name? So at the time, I was like, when I first started, I was a 165er. So I was looking at 165s. So I was like Gina. So I was back in the day when like Gina, you know, she had her role yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember Gina Halfwolf. You know, it's crazy. Um, and I don't know what her, like, I'm, we're using Instagram names, but, right? But, um, it's uh it's crazy how some people come and they're like in somewhat prominence and then 
Like, I think she's, she's only posted like two, three times since then. I think she's totally retired. And she's young. Gina? Gina Halfwolf, she's done, is she not? Oh, yeah, she went into like CrossFit and, you know, did whatever else she wanted to do. I guess like, got world record. She's like, all right, I'm over it. Bye. It's so, it's Dang, so. I want to be that. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre to me. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could lose the fire, but uh, for, to just come in and out like that, it's, I don't know. I, maybe it isn't that bizarre. Maybe it is totally, if I hit certain goals, and fire's not there anymore, fine. The thing is, like, it feels like powerlifting is getting bigger and bigger. So it's more and more exciting. There's more and more showdowns. Money is starting to come into certain competitions. So you can actually make money off of it. But if the fire's gone, the fire's gone. I can understand that. It's just, it's just weird. I, like, it's, I don't want to say, like, it's a shame. But if you were potentially one of the best in the world at what you do, and then just pack it in and be like, I'm done. In your prime, young, and just be like, I'm done. That's hard for me to wrap around my head, I think. I think if someone said, hey, man, you are the best in the world at what you do. That's very difficult to walk. Some people, will, there's, there's 7 billion people walking this earth right now. That's a very difficult thing to walk away from when you wrap around your head and be like, how many people ever experience that? That's, I think that's why it's hardest for me to wrap around my head. If she was in the middle of the pack, and it wasn't like I could see it a little better. Like, all right, whatever. It's middle of the pack. There's a lot of time and energy put into it. Some other things pop up in life. And you're like, you know what? I want to try some different avenues. But if you're like the person in your weight class and, and of all, the, all over the world, and at least the very top, was she number one or was she just near the top? I think she was number one. Was she not? Uh, overall, I'm not sure. She had, yeah, she had a good squat and I think good bench. But like definitely her like prime, like her best was definitely was definitely deadlift. I remember her having a deadlift competition. Another girl that's long gone, um, Molly. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, that's another old one. Yeah, that's like three years ago. This no, is, four. This yeah. is it's what? What's her last name? I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Molly with the she wears glasses, and yeah. um, they had I had her on the podcast like way long time like years ago um had her on the podcast and yeah i remember they had like a deadlift competition they went toe to toe they were repping some crazy weight and it was like pretty big on instagram at the time instagram wasn't nearly as big but i mean they were both in the mix and you would if you would have told me a few years later both of them in their 20s still in the prime both of them gone it's like holy yeah. Yeah, like that's believable if someone's like 35, 40, but it's like, those are both really young girls. If you're, if you're taking injuries and your body's not holding up and you're like, look at man, it's, it is what it is. I'm, you know, this is, this is getting harder and harder on me. Like, do you, when you, do you see yourself, like I, you, you've got some injuries here and there. Um, and you kind of said when you first came on, but do you see yourself like walking away at a certain point? Is there certain goals you want or, or how do you see yourself going through with this? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm so invested that at this point, I just have to keep going until I actually get like a deadlift world record. Like, I'm just, I'm too invested. Like at this point, like, even if I was like, I don't know, like powerlifting and we're like, like, no, bro, like you, you're too far. It's, I'm too deep in to like, not, you know, to not figure out how I'm going to do that. You know, like whether that's by itself or a coach or I don't care what it is I have to do that needs to happen. But then like, so post that, I don't know. Like it's like, all right, well, it's done. Like now what? I don't, I don't know. I, like, I try to, like, not think about that. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, 
I guess maybe, and that makes sense, like, I would try to, like, do another hobby, you know, maybe, like, like, I see Seth, like, he has, like, a million, I'm not, like, a million records, and she's, like, you know, doing, like, boxing or Muay Thai, whatever, she's doing bodybuilding now, even Mariana did bodybuilding, like, yeah. so it seems like once they get to a world record, it's, like, all right, well, now it's time to, like, conquer a new sport, you know, because if you keep doing, like, what do you do, like, add five pounds to your records, add five pounds to your records, like, how fulfilling is that, really? Like, it's, like, it's your own record, like, you just added five pounds to it, like, you know, like, you're, like, not really special. Like, it's only it, special it, when you knock someone else down. It is... Yeah, there's something about having a goal to pursue. There's something about having a why. What's my why? And if it's if you don't have that why, do you think if it wasn't just records, if it was more um, like there there was like like in the IPF they have like the world championships. So more than just records, uh, people tune in for the IPF championship, world championships because it's showdowns and it's like a competition. So and you get the goosebumps like oh my god. Russell and Brett Gibbs are going to go toe to toe. This is going to be amazing back and forth. Or like the battle of the 72s, Kimberly Walford, Jessica Bittner. Oh my God, I don't know who's going to win this. This is so like right down to the last deadlift. So it's not just chasing a number. Um, and if you get the number, well, what, what now? Every year, it's, it's, it's like any sport where you have like the championships at the end of the year. It's like, well, here we go. So it's always something. Um, whereas like, do you think if that was more organized with the USPA IPL, where if there was more, like everybody was under the same umbrella. Yeah, like an Olympic style. I right. think that's what we, that's what we need. Like, it's, it's totally great that there's like huge past prizes for us, but yeah. you also want that, like, that has to head type of competition that right. the IPF does. Like how they have it, like, oh, you won like the gold and, and like, yeah, like a regular competition do that, but it's just not the same. Like they yeah. literally have a structure, like exactly how like an Olympic competition would go, where we have it just more of a normal competition. It's it's I, I read tons of autobiographies and um, I read Andre Agassi's autobiography, which was phenomenal. And he said like his arch rival in his prime was Pete Sampras, but they, he had they, these are tennis players, but they he had a bunch of different rivals. And he's like, I can only imagine like you kind of said, chasing a numbers cool, getting a record's cool, but once you break it. You're going to continue to break your own record or like it's not you you almost so at the end of this and pete sampras got the better of andre but i think it's still competitive it was like 18 wins for pete sampras 11 wins for andre agassi so andre's like all right he got the better of me but he said nonetheless i needed a pete sampras i needed and he had a couple other guys like federer and like he was leaving as federer was coming in but he's like it means a lot to have played federer nadal Sampras like you need I needed that because I needed my why I needed like when I show up who's in this competition oh shit here we go and then the fans yeah. get excited they get excited and when you look back and you recall like these moments it's like I remember you know you it, it's just it's a little different when it's like that it's like that's true sport so I think like if do you think if you had if something like that emerged whether it's a competition um like a tournament and people start showing up and it's more and more people start showing up. So it starts getting like a little thicker in terms of depth of competition. Or if someone gets introduced and it's like a sporting rival where you're like, oh my God, me and this like girl. 188 or who I felt was like, dang, you're like me. You know? Right. You are my Ken and Ryu, right? That's an old school yeah. Street Fighter reference. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where you have that, you almost need that to an extent. And then it makes yeah. it a little more interesting as opposed to chasing the same record. That's like that's literally like um, Marion and Seth. 
Like, you know, if they're both in the competition, you kind of, you, you want to watch that. You're like, I'm actually kind of curious to what's going to happen here. Listen, you know? going to the U.S. Kern um, on that year, the U.S. Open, it was, like, leading into it, there were some good showdowns. But when the news got dropped, the Mariana was moving into Steffi Cohen's, like, direct weight class. It's one thing to use a formula. All right, it's competition, but it's not quite the same, a formula. You know what I mean? Like, sports aren't usually, Michael Jordan's going to do a bunch of stuff then this other guy's going to do a bunch of stuff. We're going to use a formula and tell you after the fact who wins. It's like, wow, yeah. that's kind of weird. But no, no, head to head, Michael Jordan's going to play this other guy one-on-one. You're like, bet, I'm going to watch that. So yeah. when she moved into Steffi Cohen's weight class and it was like, oh, no, this yeah. is going to be bonkers. And it was, that was one of the best head-to-head showdowns I've seen, like, in power. Man, I've been, I commentate the world championships for power for IPF since 2016 so it's been i've seen a lot of showdowns in my day and then i watch all these streams obviously and that's one of the best i've ever seen like those girls yep. Steffi came on the podcast before it and she said we think around 700 wilkes should do it 700 wilkes we we think should win the u.s open and i'm thinking 700 wilkes is absolutely bonkers like that is yep. way more than we'd previously seen when cc holcomb hit it cc ingram now and and hit it um we were like i forget what her wilkes was now but that's way above that. And, and I remember thinking CC yeah, was, was six, 666. 666 right? or seven, something like that, right? Yeah. Because Stacy Stacey Burr hit it afterwards in a different meet. So I remember thinking, like, this is nuts, what, what, what Steffi's project, projecting. But she's like, I think if we hit that, we should have it. And I'm thinking, of, like, when she's on a podcast, I'm like, well, I would hope so, because that's insane. <laughs> so, yeah. right? Like, you, one would hope. And then when Mariana came in there, holy, right down to the last deadlift, though, they went toe-to-toe. That's sports. If it was just Steffi shooting for her 700 Wilkes, and she ended up getting like 698, she basically got it, right? Like, because um, she pulled for the win at the end. So if she wanted to just get 700, she could have. But, he, well, here's the point. Here's actually the better point. If Mariana wasn't there, Steffi ended up getting 698. If Mariana wasn't there, and Steffi's just like, I'm just going to go for records. No one's ever hit 700 before. So my last deadlift, my last, all my lifts are going to end up at 700. She could have got it because she wasn't going to be opposed. She wasn't going to be pressed. There was no threat there. She would have got it. That would be cool to watch, but I'm just watching someone max out and hit. Like it's, no one's ever done it before. Big, but all right. But the fact that Mariana was there. And we're talking, it's a competition now. And, uh, and, and they have, right down to the very last, you froze on me. Am I frozen on you? Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah. Okay. okay. As long as you can hear me. But um, the fact that Mariana was there and it went right down to like, we're not just talking go to 700. We're, you're pulling for the win. You, you, you're getting pressed. You're getting pulled out of your comfort zone. Whatever you thought you were going to do in your last, your third squat, if you missed that squat, you got to, oh, my God, we missed the lift. Now we got to regroup. And, and, oh, my God, she hit hers. Now what's going to happen? And it's like you're pushing. When she went for that deadlift. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that was so much frustration. It's like, yo, you just showed up, like, in another weight class. I was in my weight class, and I wasn't expecting that. Like, I'd be like, oh, God. Because it's like, you know, Mary, honestly, strong like crazy strong and she's, she's a little bit thicker so you wouldn't see like you would just show up at your weight class and she's like that big and for her to do it it's like are you kidding me 
it is it is true that scream before she went out there they caught a picture of it and it's like it's like one of those iconic pictures taken you know the scream when you said that like everyone remembers that like there's that's the moment so that's what i'm saying where those are moments that i don't think would have been as iconic because you know the pressure and it's another human that she's going against as opposed to a random number you know what i mean like if it's just well this is for 700 wills it's cool it's cool it's really cool actually but it's a whole different level of pressure like there's a storyline when her ivan drago showed up and it's like oh my god not to like it's a little weird that i don't know all the rules i know in the ipf you can't switch weight classes like 30 days out like you everyone's on the same page what's that sorry yeah in the in the ipf so this this was the w i forget the fed now but it was it wasn't i don't know the rules i don't know like okay so yeah. it was allowed i yeah, guess whatever you, weigh, whatever you weigh in at is what you're was what you do okay like up or down like that's what that's whatever you weigh in that's what you are oh wow so that's a whole another intangible you know what i mean like that's a whole garrett talked about it and he wasn't he like i i know the the ipf and, and some other feds are like no you got to you got to show up to what you say you're going to show up but there is an element like that element of surprise or it's like oh my i remember when marietta weighed in and it was like oh my we all knew what this is gonna be we all knew like i immediately messaged steffi i was like holy shit steffi what the hell's going on she's cool she's like is what it is let's you know like is what it is let's do it right like you know what what's she gonna say like you can't back down but um it definitely threw a bit of a curveball but like i think um yeah, I know what you mean. Like, do you think maybe that's why we lose some people in their primes when they just don't have these moments? They don't have these showdowns. They don't have like a Mariana or a Steffi. They don't have each other like Sampras and Agassi. And it's like, what am I doing here? If Steffi would have got, if there was no Mariana, Steffi gets that 700 Wilkes. And it's like, well, what, 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 what are we doing? Fucking 800 now? Like, good job. <laughs> cool. Like, you're completely kill all of us. That's fine. But it's just like, you're gone. It's like, oh, wait, you actually have a rifle. Like, you aren't the only one. Right. You have something. You have a reason. I think Steffi, Garrett was, was saying basically Steffi was leaning towards boxing more now because, um, I don't know. I may, maybe she's like, just needs a break from it. Uh, you know, there was, I don't know if she was entirely impressed with how the whole thing went down last time. If she likes the idea of someone showing up in a weight class last minute or whatever Garrett was saying was, it left a bit of a bad taste in her mouth. I don't want to speak too much for Steffi. I'm just quoting what Garrett was saying, but there's probably a bunch of different reasons where maybe, look, I need a break, but um, you're seeing it though. It's, it's, it's tough. I want Steffi back. You know, I like, she's, it brings some excitement to it. Like, do you watch as a fan um, powerlifting? Yeah, like I'll, I'll definitely like um, tune in to like the list and stuff. I definitely like when it, it's like they pop, like um, pop up my feed. I'm gonna, definitely gonna watch them and you know like all that. Yeah. Like I want to know what's going on, you know. Normal yeah. <laughs> but could Something. you could you watch powerlifting like a sport in terms of if it was this is it gets tough like on like Sport Center or whatever. Right. Or right. Cool. I'd be I'd be more into that rather than having to like go on YouTube and watch like, you know, like the stream of like, you know, I see half of the weight rack and I see half of that. And it's just like, it's never the greatest stream. Yeah. And it's part of the issue, but it was more, if it was more stream, like legit stream, like these are like, you know, professional people like filming it and stuff like 
that. Like that would be that would be better, obviously. I mean, I, I don't know. If, like I'm, you know, I'm thankful for what it, for getting to see what I get to see with, you know, their setup, their live stream, whatever. But obviously, it's always cool when you have like even better. One hundred percent. Like if you have um, like a full-on TV crew, like you said, maybe before the before the competition, you have interviews. And uh, you, like, if the viewer, you know the storylines, like for the Mariana versus Steffi, if you talk like about the weigh in, like boxing weigh-ins type of thing. Oh, be- it would have been dope. It would have, yeah, seeing that. And then everybody, like the storyline leading into it being like, Steffi's chasing 700, but Mariana, like Mariana doing 720. And just talking about the history of the Wilkes score going down and how big that day is that both these women are doing what they're doing and whatnot. Yeah, it'd be a hell of a lot more in different, like, like slow motion replays and different angles and stuff would be a whole lot different. It's tough. I mean, for that to happen, it's going to take an influx of money. It's going to take, you know, a little bit of, it, it's not one, any one federation in the untested either. It's, it's several. So it kind of depends. It changes. I mean, it's, Jessica got, what, Jessica got on ESPN or Sportsliner? Yeah. Well, they, they shared it. And you know what helped us? The reason why they, they were doing that is, um, because Jessica Bittner in the Canadian Nationals hit like, as a 72 kilo lifter, she hit a 565 kilo total. Obviously, no wraps, you know, stiff bar, whatever. So it's a huge total. And um, because it's the lockdown, quarantine lockdown, no sports. Oh, you like us now, huh? We're all of a sudden getting a little, little there's, attention. There's still, there's still no sports, so we still have time to like, you know, maybe someone will be like at showdown. That's that's what they should do. You know, there's no basketball. There's like, right? There's no basketball or anything like that. So, there, there's they have they have some operating in the bubble. There's like not as like they call it the bubble. Like they're taking these players, quarantining them in like Disneyland or something. Some of them I think legit are in like a Disneyland style, and they just say like nobody's coming in and out without tons of testing. It's such a freaking bizarre. This is like a freaking movie when you talk about it. Yeah, you know, in twenty years. Scary. In 20 years, when they make like a sports movie that happened in tw- that takes place in 2020, it's it's going to be bizarre. Like everybody is in a, all these players are within this massive bubble that, you know, you're quarantined in. You're all living together in there, and you're playing in this somewhat. I guess they have like an abbreviated playoff. Ch- it's so freaking bizarre, man. But that's what's the happening. Worst right part, now. The worst part is that we are in September, so it's like everyone's like hating on 2020, but it's like. Yo, like, what if 2020 is better than 2021? And we're like, all like, you know, F2020, like, yo, like, we don't know what's gonna happen in 2021. That is <laughs> three months. 2021, like, 2021 makes us be like, man, I miss 2020. Yeah, like, what if that happens? Like, I wasn't a fan of 2019, and 2020 came around, and I was like, oh my God, I miss 2019. It's aged well. Elections, it's like, oh my God, like, what's gonna happen with the new president? Like, and yeah. I'm just like, 20, 2019 <laughs> has aged very well. Can see it, yeah. Right? yeah, that was a whole different world. That was literally a whole other lifetime. But you are right. We don't know what 2021 is going to bring. I mean, I, that's why I'm glad, like, the showdown is happening despite the fact that it's been, you know, the rosters had a lot of drop-offs, like, quite a few people. Um, but even just having any competition at all, we had so many cancellations everything's up in the air. I don't know what the heck and how long before people start losing interest. Like the reason why we have certain athletes coming in when somebody watches, if you're a girl and you hop online and you find Marianne versus Steffi and you're like, holy shit, that was cool. 
you know, and I want to be like that. Or if you hop online and you, whatever it is, but how long does powerlifting operate on a shoestring basically where we have like the odd competition and that's it. And the numbers are dwindling and the people we're going to start, like, like you had said, where some clients left and, and aren't coming back. We, the, the fear is we start shrinking a little losing ground that we gained because we gained so much ground. Especially with, when you have like two of the biggest female lifters going into bodybuilding. It's just like, they're going to bodybuilding, maybe I should be bodybuilding. I mean, even when Seth started doing her boxing, you, start, you slowly start seeing a bunch of random people like, I'm into boxing. It's just right. like, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her sport. It's just like, I don't know. But then, you know, if, if you see all these other like big people leaving, that leaves room for like new lifters to like, you know, take reign or whatever. So it'll always be going to be someone with that part that's just going to be like, all right, you don't want it, I'll get it. You, you, I mean, it's, I mean, this kind of reminds me of, so people were asking Dana White, the president of the UFC, I'm a big UFC guy, and they were like Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey left, and Ronda Rousey was obviously the biggest star in the women's division. And then Conor McGregor is like fighting very sporadically here and there, but not very often. And they're like, you get worried when you, if you lose a star, like, like, Ronda Rousey left and went to went to pro wrestling and he's like listen he said essentially exactly what you said he's like I stopped worrying about that thing because it's almost you can't control things like that in life change is going to happen you just just like I never saw Ronda Rousey coming and just like I never saw some a featherweight out of Ireland like typically yeah. speaking when someone's that small like a featherweight people don't like to watch them because they're like they're so small like that's not, historically, it's like the heavyweights, like a Mike Tyson or something. But a featherweight, you know, from Ireland, he's like, I never would have thought. He's like, people come from the strangest of places, out of nowhere, you don't see it coming, and you have your new star, and you're like, okay, we're back on track all over again. You know, there's, just like Stephanie Coleman rose up, somebody else can rise up, and he's got to hang in there. I, I, I remember like, I don't remember the exact moment, I just remember, oh, this little, you know, this little girl, this, what, this light girl just hit like, um, like four, I don't know, she put like 419 or something, and it was like huge. And I was like, at that point, I didn't even pull 419. So I was like, oh, that's pretty impressive. Like, I was like a 360 lifter at the time. I was like, oh, wow, she's really small. She's like 400, that's big. And like, as I progressed, she kind of progressed, you know, like, dang, I got to catch up this little girl, my little girl, but obviously, like, girl. And, you know, that just went into her, like, getting into, like, you know, where she ended up pulling close to five, and then she ended up pulling five, and then she's pulling five reps, and like, you know, that whole thing. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, Mary, I feel like Mariana kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, she was always a lifter. She was always like, she was in powerlifting for years, but she, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like she got into the spotlight until like the last like three years. You know Everybody, what? I, 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 yeah. you, you know what? I, I like 100%. First off, I, I should have, I want to say this. You never know. The next girl who could be the big star is a fucking mathlete doing eight hours of math a day. Okay? They come out of nowhere. They come out of nowhere. You won't see it coming. You like what? You what? You don't go to math competitions looking for the next powerlifting star. But they come out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, Mariana I, was absolutely crushing it. She had broken the Wilkes record previously and was always strong. Like you're saying, she was always like at one point touch and go, she was the, the Wilkes queen, and then someone else took it, then she was again, and she was always, but she wasn't the prominent star. You know what put her over? When she went head to head with Steffi and beat Steffi. Head to head You gotta though. compare it and know what, like, like when, you, when you got to compare it and know like, oh, like, cause I don't know, I don't know, it's like Steph always has a publicity, I guess, because, um, you know, her, 
who she knows, like her friends, like who she hangs out with, like those are all prominent people, you know, having her own gym, where like, because um, Mariana is just like, you know, I don't know how to say this in like not a weird way, a rude She's like, a, you know, like a Russian girl, like no one really knows of her, whatever. So you're like, oh, who did, who, who just beat that thing? And that's when you're like, oh, dang, I wonder who that is. And of course, the Russian, like those Russians can live. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. So. But it is a, it's, it's one thing if, if she had beaten Steffi's record when Steffi wasn't there in a different competition. It's a whole nother when you tune in and you watch it battle back and forth live. And then afterwards yeah. you're like, who the hell was that? If you didn't know, if you didn't know ahead of time, if you knew like she was strong, she used to have the Wilkes record, like cool. But you know how many different people have broken different, there's so many different records in different weight classes, different federations. It like nobody, the truth is, even with powerlifting nerds that are super into it, you don't know all the records. Like I know powerlifting, like man, I repost every day. I like every single IPF world championships. I'm there commentating. Like I am super into powerlifting. I don't know all the world records off the top of my head. So yeah. when someone's like, and it has to be more than that, but I'll tell you straight up, if I watch a showdown happen and magic happen like that, like a sports moment, you're never going to forget that. That's going to stick yeah. out. So that's really what we need to make stars. First off, like Mariana, it like puts, this is, a, this is actually a pro wrestling term, to put someone over, you need, you need like an antagonist and a protagonist and like to push, yeah. push each other. And then, um, and that's how we're going to bring people in to watch that and be like, damn, I got to get, I want to be like that. I want to be a part of that, you know? Yeah. It's super to be female because I feel like, you know, obviously there's plenty of like um, rivals for males. You know, I don't know them because I, I don't, honestly, I don't pay that much attention to like- Really? Like, See, I was going to ask you that. Like, is yeah. it, is, do you, so yeah, you mostly watch the women's powerlifting then? I mean, I watch both, but as far as like knowing like who's actually head to head, like I'll know people's numbers, but I don't, I don't know like, oh, Don Hack is actually against so-and-so or Russ mm. is actually against so-and-so. Or like, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know, I don't know that. Like I know that for the, for the females for the most part, but I don't know that for the males. It's, and this is common. I've had, I've had, like, I mean, a lot of women come on here and a lot of them have said that. Like, look, I'm a, they've said, like, I'm aware of who so-and-so is and uh, I'm aware of these, but they get more out of it watching it. And here's something that makes powerlifting special in terms of that. Other sports um, that have women's divisions like the WNBA, et cetera, are not supported by women fans. Like I've, I've had conversations. I was on another podcast. Two girls had this podcast. Um, two, two female hosts and they were, we were talking about like women's sports and how other leagues like UFC. Yes. UFC, the women can become stars. Like we've just said, but others, but a lot of other sports, it's just very difficult for us to gain steam uh, and hockey, like hockey's huge in Canada in the women's pro hockey. They're like, it needs to be subsidized, et cetera. And there is enough women in the world to make it, the multi-millionaires if they all watch it they don't need men to make these leagues successful like it, you don't need a male viewership if women watch you're 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 making tons of money there's, there's more women in the world than men actually right so you'd be good you don't need that support but the women just weren't weren't into it i guess they're just not buying in right um but powerlifting they do powerlifting is like not only do the women buy in and watch it and 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 like will like tune in for the streams, like the IPF world championships. Um, I, I, I'm on the media team, so I know these numbers, but I'm sure it's the same with the U S open in terms of Mariana and Steffi, 
we're talking millions of views. We're talking like for a French sport, shared so many times, hundreds of thousands of times and millions of views all over the place. So not only do the women buy in though, but what really doesn't happen in sports, men are going to watch the women and get super into it and start debating like, oh, I think so-and-so is going to win. Oh my God. Whereas like, yeah. try, to, try to get a dude. What, tell me a dude you know who watches the WNBA. You know what I mean? Or like, or, or whatever. So powerlifting is in a unique scenario. I don't know. Why do you think that is? And same thing because with- both, both top women pull as much as the average man. Maybe that's what you it know? is. You got Mariana who reps out 440. A normal guy doesn't touch even 400. Right. So, you know, if, he, if he's starting out, like I have athletes who like are under 400 as guys. Like, and he's over here squatting, you know, 350. And you see this female who's five feet tall, 120 pounds, she's, you know, if he's fighting for 40, you're like, I, you want to watch. Like, you want to see, you know. Maybe that, yeah. Do you know what? I think that probably is right. It's immediately relatable because there's numbers there. It's immediately, you're blown away because you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, this five-foot woman, 120-some-odd pounds, is going to squat something ridiculous. And that must be it. And it is another thing that some people were, like. Right, right. I need to interrupt you real quick because I have like these headphones like like to die after like no time. So I have to like try to switch it for this one. Yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. And are you so you're talking through your laptop, right? What's that? I was thinking if it was I was thinking if it was gonna work. This one doesn't want to work. Okay. Oh, talk, talking about uh, women's sports and, and the immediate, I think, it, I think you're right in terms of the relatability and um, how men will get behind and back this women's sport because like, you're right, you tune in and when somebody's smashing those kind of weights, you immediately like, oh my God, that's more than I could do. That's phenomenal. And this woman is five foot, 125 pounds. You're a 200 pound man and you're like, okay, well, obviously it's, it's immediately relatable. And here's another thing. Um, this, when I was, I, I did some like strength and conditioning training with some, some hockey players are trying to make it into OHL and then make it into the NHL. And I was asking them about women's hockey. Cause I was telling them about women's powerlifting, how it's like super popular. And um, they were saying it looks different. Same with the women's basketball. When we were, I was on that podcast with those two, the two female hosts. And I was like, why do you think you guys don't, don't want to watch the women's, but you'll watch the men's though. And they said, it, it looks different. Like, it doesn't, it's not as fluid. It's not as, you know, in terms of when you watch the action takes place and they're like, um, and they're, they're being honest and they're women saying, look, I'm a woman saying that I'm not going to watch. But I think with powerlifting, powerlifting women, like the technique, the form, the strength in terms of the body weight ratio, like how much is being lifted is right on par. Yeah. And that's probably a huge reason why powerlifting hasn't fallen like on, on some of these other female sports. Like it's, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but you're totally right. Like I, uh, not like I would watch. This doesn't sound terrible. Like I don't know how to say this, but I feel like I would be more into regular, like a ma male NBA, than watching WNBA. I don't know why. I would guess I just feel like, yeah, I don't know why. That's terrible. It gets me out right now. Well, I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> sort of. It's just wait. You're being honest, but it is. Um, it kind of is what it is. We're just kind of. Like, that's what the numbers look like, right? Like, the WNBA viewership, I don't know what it is, but we yeah. have more viewers for Steffi Cohen and Mariana. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know what that is. But if I'm going to go watch, like, powerlifting, if it's a male or female, like, 
either one I'm interested to like see what it is you know like like I want to see you know Mariana squat like 500 I want to see you know Jamal pull like nine or a k or whatever like I want to yeah. see both you know I don't really care right. about sex I want to you know it's it's more of like where they sit in their respective classes or you know in overall and I feel like like women's powerlifting 100% is right up there in terms of like the technical work and, and one thing, you know what, somebody actually wrote an article I read the other day, um, and I wanted to get your feedback on, uh, you as a coach, because you hear a lot, like it's starting to change now, but for a long time, the big coaches were men's doing programming, and the women, even though we're capable, weren't getting enough clout. People just weren't thinking, oh, I'll go to, I'll go to this female powerlifting coach, even though like, like it, what would it matter whether it's a female or a male? Like it, but people were just thinking, like when you think of the big names and the big coaching services. Now you got someone like yourself who is literally a math wizard and a, a competitive power lifter. And it would totally make sense. Like you're going to have someone program your numbers, yeah. right? Why do you think that is? Like, do you think it's starting to change or do you feel it that look at women programming and coaching just isn't getting enough love. Like a dude is more likely to go with this dude than he is with me, even if uh, I'm pretending I'm you and I'm saying this, even if I think I could do a phenomenal job. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I definitely will say I don't get as much credit as the guys do. Like I'll see them like, I'm like, uh, yeah, they just, yeah. I don't, I feel like I don't get as as. Like I have people who will obviously come to me to be their coach and stuff like that. But it's like, for the most part, you'll see like bigger lifters going to guys and it's like, okay, but it's like, okay, I've seen you with this guy for like six months and you haven't improved a lot, but because he's the guy, you're going to stick with him. Because I mean, I feel like maybe we also, or maybe like a lot of people go to like who they want to be like. So, you know, if you're a guy, like, especially starting out, um, or even midway, like you see this super jack guy, it's like, all right, well, I want the super jack guy to be my coach. Or if you're a female yeah. coach and you know, you like, let's say you have a certain aesthetic and you have good numbers, it's like, all right, well, I want to be like her, so have her coaching. That makes sense, you know. Right. If they're, if they're there, they can most likely guide you there. It's like, okay, well, if you think about it, what if you have a female coach who's pulling numbers that you want or pulling the same numbers, but you have to think this female coach doesn't have the same testosterone as you. So imagine if she, if she had your abilities as recovery and strength, like natural, then imagine what her numbers would be. Like that could be you. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, I, mean, I think, think you, you hit it. It probably is that where you probably find the person initially on social media and be like, wow, if I could be like that. And you see, you see this dude with his shirt off, bodied up, and you're like, that is actually my goal. And then yeah. he's super strong. So then you're like, hey, do you do coaching? And he's like, like everybody does. Well, yes, I do do coaching. And you're going to go with him. But the, the truth is, like, coaching is far more difficult than that. Like, it's not – some of the people who are phenomenal powerlifting athletes are not the best coaches. Yes. And <laughs> you know that by – I mean, we don't need to drop names, but I know you know. And, like, you yeah. ask around, and it's like – man, this, this person does not know what you, what you would hope they would. And some powerlifting coaches are completely unassuming. Some of the best coaches in the world do not, you would not be swapping bodies with them. You're not, they're not like, the, you're not like, I want to be like that, so to speak. But they know how to get you there. And maybe yeah. it's like education, trying to like convince people. And, um, you know, and I know what you mean, where maybe some- the proof, I guess. Like, proof is know. in the pudding. 
But then yeah. you, need, you need someone to give you a chance. So you need enough people. Like if, look at, if one big name guy comes to you and he's a big name and he's got a big social media presence and you guide him into a showdown and he wins, it's like, boom, goes, I had Joey Flex on here. And he said, um, him, when John Hack was going against Brett Gibbs in 2016 IPF World Championships, super, super heavy, heavily hyped showdown. SBD made like posters of them staring down like straight up boxers. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but it was like, holy, this is like super hyped. And then when John Hack won that showdown, Joey Flex said he checked his emails and this freaking thing was like, he's like, overnight, my emails were flooded with people who wanted, can, you got to be my coach. Just off of that one showdown. Yeah. And it's almost like you, and then like that's how Russell or he ends up finding him. Amanda Lawrence like, well, because now you, you've got the name value, right? You've, you've got a proven track record. And then off of them, more people come in. It's just getting that ball rolling. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, that's know? literally all it is. Yeah. Do you coach yourself? Yes. It's like the other day, I don't know if you saw, but I posted my story and, and you know, cause like I'll, I'll literally sit for hours and I'll be like, man, like if I was going to have a coach, like who can I see myself with? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I do know. And you know, I, I want to make sure like our personalities are going to click and stuff like that. Um, so I, like, I was like, let me just, I'm going to post on my story. I'm going to see what other people have to say. Like maybe, maybe their perspective is different than mine. You know, like I want to, I'm curious. And, you know, I got a good amount of names. Um, I even had like two guys. One, one guy was like, why do you want to coach? So I wrote him back. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I mean, I feel like you're doing fine. Like, you know, your body, like just keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's fair. But like at the same time, I want the coach almost for like emotional support just cause it's so hard when you're not, if you're hitting a lift and maybe if you fail a lift or it, it moves slow, you're just in your head. Like, um, that wasn't supposed to be a nine. Like that was supposed to be a four. And you're just like, Oh my God, like stress. And so it's almost nicer to reach out to someone. Hey coach, this move, this move really slow. What should I do? Like, that's really nice rather than like yeah. having to internalize it and be like, all right, what am I doing next? Like that's, I feel like that's the main reason I would want to coach. Other than that, like I got programming. So as an, as an analytical thinker, it's pro is it easier for you to be analytical with other people and you're just like that wasn't a nine that was I, I prescribed a seven and that looked like a nine so here's what we got to do where and there's no emotion attached you're analytical about it you're like look I'm, I'm a coach yeah doing yeah. that for yourself you're going to climb into your own head and the analytical thinking like yeah. it, like it's a whole different deal it's so like, hard yeah you're like oh my god what does this mean it doesn't mean anything but you're like what is it you you know, I've, I've like talked people down with advice, but I can't give the same advice to myself for some freaking reason. Like I've told people, relax, it's all part of it. Look at this, is what's gonna happen. But when it's myself, I'm like, no, like, no, I no it's the I'm end of the quitting. world. Yeah, this is over, the whole prep is over, the whole peak is over, I've messed yeah. it up. It's, I know you, you know mean. You know how hard when it is when it's like, if you have like, sorry, if you have like a seven, like let's say you're like, oh, today I'm gonna hit a six and you go and hit that lift and it's a nine and you have to record that it was a nine and it's like, it hurts so much. That is the worst. Like Especially, nine. especially if you have the numbers and you're like, what does this mean for my next week? Oh my God, you, you could start over, it could get in your head. Is this trending down? You know, I know you mean where you sometimes having someone else there just to like walk you through it. If there's something about not being alone yeah. with the process, something about yeah. just you know, Yeah. Yeah, and you, a thousand percent. Like that's that's literally the only reason I'm a coach right now. <laughs> what, what what do you so. think about 
when you were um, initially, when you're dating that guy and he was your coach, was that like not enough separation between coach and your personal life too? Well, the thing is, I, I've always been the way that I am. Um, I'm a very stubborn person. So like, even from the beginning, I was still like kind of coaching myself very okay. poorly because I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew numbers. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So like for, so we're talking like four years, I have been looking at these numbers, trying to figure out the pattern. Like why, like, how can I get stronger? Like what is like, you know, what's the reason between strength? Why are these numbers going up? What's the correlation between this, 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 right? In the beginning, like if I look back at my program in the beginning, I was like, I'm retarded. Um, <laughs> but like now I'm like, okay, this actually like has sense. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, like I like, he would like write programs for me, but then I'd like go off. And he asked him to this day, like we're still friends. And he's just like, you're not coachable. Like you're just not coachable. Like you're going to go off or you're going to do your own thing. You're going to try and figure out your own things. Like that's literally like, honest, like even, that's, that's like literally my personality. Like even in school, I would do the same thing. The teacher's like, has a whole thing. And I'm just like, I want to, I want to try this a different way. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? Like, I wrote the, you know, they have entire coursework and I'm like, I just feel like there's a different way to learn this. And that's literally like <laughs> always who I've been. I'm like, I want to find out the other way to do this. And that's just me. So do you also, think that's interesting that you say that because there is like for some kids who grow up in sports, you kind of learn to be coached. Like it's like instilled in you, you know, it's, it's almost like a program thing in you. But if you don't go like that, like if you're on that table doing eight hours of math and you're sorting it out yourself, it's just not the way you think. That's the best way I ever learned. That's why I'm like, I think that's why I'm so addicted to like doing it myself is because I remember like, I'm literally sitting with this bit, this big book and I'm teaching myself. And I was like, this is how I understand things the most. Like that's how I saw different. That's how I saw things differently. You know, yeah. like I can remember, um, it was in 10th grade or something. Do you know anything about trig? I like like I don't remember shit low, but I've okay. had to do it. I've, okay, done, so like, I've done math up so, to university level, so I've done. Like this, so this is like an example of like what I mean. It's like so it was like trick has a unit circle, and they'll tell you, oh, remember it this way. And then like I came across like this like quote unquote ingenious way to remember it. And like I started showing everyone, like I would like go around the class, you know, like cause everyone's like, you know, she's getting, she's, I've, I would literally finish quizzes or tests, whatever. I'd always be the first one done. I'd make sure I was the first one done. Cause like, I was always like competitive, oh ridiculous. I was a ridiculous person. So I'd finish it, get like a hundred. If there's extra credit, I got like 107. And people are like, oh, you're facing oh eight. I was like, oh, I'm like, I like, look guys, like, this is what I'm, this is how I'm doing this. And I showed them like, you know, the, the hack or the shortcut for the unit circle. Right. Like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, I know. So like, this that's, is, yeah. This so is all I do you're is thinking, like, find hacks. You're making up math. your own math formulas and shit. Yeah. This is insane. You graduate with like a freaking average that's over a hundred. Uh, that didn't happen because I'm still like, a, I was still kind of a, I was the lazy student. I'm a student who knew I could, you could give me that test review and I'd like pass it, but like you're getting like homework and stuff. I'm like, I don't really want to do it. So yeah, I had that. Which is interesting because you do eight hours, but you would do your eight hours of your own stuff, not his though, right? Yes, exactly. Whoa, yes. Yeah. So that is, yeah. that is why you would be the one who coaches self. Do you yeah. think though, do you think you are going to get a coach? Like, what do you think? Like if you do get a coach, it'd be... Man, you gotta find some kind of middle ground, right? That's gonna be very difficult. I was, I was with, I was, I would say the first attempt, first real attempt, timing coach was with Joey. It didn't work out well. 
So I'm just kind of like, yeah. So Is it because of the same reason? Because you wanted control? You're like, I got to do this. No. Myself. Oh, my God. It was the opposite. So, like, okay. He, so at this point, I was, like, so overcoaching myself. I was like, I'm going to do whatever he says. He says, jump. If he says jump, I'm jumping. Because it's this, I'm doing it. So I literally, anything he told me to do, I was on it. You don't ask him. I was an annoying athlete. I'm sending him videos every single day, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I knew I was being annoying, but I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm here to be, like, teacher's pet type of thing, right? So somewhere there was, like, miscommunication, whatever. And I had told him, like, it, this is when my, my hip was, whatever. So I had been, I was, like, riding my bike, and my hip was bothering me. But I was like, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't know. It just kind of bothers me when I'm squatting. And he had me, at that time, he had me doing a lot of volume, which is, like, for anyone, I think that'd be totally fine. I give my athletes volume, too. But some something crossed between the fact that my hip was bothering me and then more volume than I'm used to, my hip, my hip flexor just gave out. And that's when, like, I was like, yo, like, I can't even squat the bar right now. Like, something just mm -hmm. happened. And so that's when I'd be like, I'm sorry, but, like, obviously, I can't be an, I can't be an athlete when I can't squat. So I was like, I'm, I'll just try to fix this my own. And then... Yeah, you're not going to pay someone to give you programming that's rehabilitation that's like a, i've done that yeah. too where if you're paying for programming cool once you get hurt and you have to like totally readjust everything it's like all right might as well not uh i'm squatting a bar right now yes. but it is that's one of the toughest things when it comes to programming um distance wise where when someone's hurt or something's going on you don't fully grasp you're not there you're not like live in the gym with them during the set being like how are you feeling and you're like Fuck, i'm feeling some pain and it's like okay you know what it's i mean you know it's long distance that's one of the drawbacks of long distance coaching doesn't matter who you get where like a professional athlete in say the nba when their strength and conditioning coaches right beside them you know like you know lebron james his guy is right there. His guy or girl is right there. So yeah. on the fly, while he's doing it, they're like, hang on a second. You're dipping to one side when you're squatting. What's going on with this hip? And yeah. he's like, yeah. it ain't good. And it's like, well, guess what? This, this, we're changing it right now yeah. before it gets worse. You yeah. know, and that's, it's tough. We're not quite there yet, right? The, you, the only way you could get that is if you're one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Yeah. So good luck. Good luck finding that too, especially with COVID times. That's all yeah. the window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like the, I would say the hardest thing like it's it's easy to like you know like I'll program you know especially online I, I give you your program sets reps whatever but like when you see someone has bad form and you're like no like you can't you can't do that and you're trying to like explain it over text and tell them like you know like your hips are rising and the bar is not moving like you didn't do that or like you know your, your squat like you're like five inches too high and it's like you know like I've had a person where I need to tell them like squats are parallel and like you think that's enough but it's like they send me a video and it's like, you're still like quarter squatting. I'm like, I'm like, so I have to like take away the bar. Like, all right, do a body squat, like below parallel. Now add the bar and now add five pounds. And it's just like, you know, it's just, you have to have a lot of patience. Yeah, it is a and whole like different that. skill set. To walk someone through, that's when communication becomes a whole another matter. And, 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 you know, it's, it's the analytical thinking is it's different when it becomes like, cause you need like analytically, you could probably break down some of the squat, crunch the numbers the whole night, then turning that around and having to communicate with that somebody over a text message and be like, here's what's going on. It's like, Oh my God, this could be tough. Yeah. You know? I'll something. literally like slow-mo my lifts and send it. So I'm like, watch every single thing that's happening or even like slow-mo their lift. I'm like, yeah. do you see what's happening as you're pulling? And that, that really does help. Like for the most part, like they'll all fix, they'll fix it and they'll end up with good lifts. But it's just like, you just gotta be patient. Like, yeah. Is social media one of the biggest tools to help you in terms of like growing a business, doing 
Do you no, feel, not. do you feel like, is it, I mean, it's cause it's tough, the balance in life, using social media and then overdoing it, being on there all the time, but you have to, if you're going to run a business, it's, it's, yeah. it is what it is. And also because like we'd said earlier, in terms of when you're coaching, when you get that big name athlete, it helps bring in other name athletes. Like when you go to Joey Flex uh, initially, and you're like, why, why would I choose Joey? Well, he's got a track record. Like you look at some of the people he's worked with. Yeah, I went and I looked through everything. And I like literally, I, I looked through everything. I looked at, I tried to, I would scan back. I'm like, all right, well, do you just have big lifters or did you actually create them? So I'm like scanning back like on all these different lifters, like a year or two and seeing like, did you actually grow or did you just, you know, did someone Maintain just come on there? Yeah, you know, right. so I was making sure. So he's a, so he was able to do that and like that's why you chose him. So then when yeah. it comes to yourself, you're almost like right now I'm my biggest athlete. So then you're kind of like, I, I could use a coach because coaching's great, but on the same token, I could use a star athlete, right, to get people yeah. in. So yeah. you're like, shit. I kind of you're. I could see where some people are like, I almost want to hit some numbers as myself being the coach so that I prove my formulas work and everything. And then I could get yeah. another coach, et cetera. But it really does help when you're beginning, if you're talented, like physically talented, which you are, it is tempting to be like, look, until I can bring in the big name athletes, I am my big name athlete. Yeah. I am my star athlete. Like right now, are you, you're your star athlete, are you not? Yeah. I, I mean, like I do coach um, Dan Griggs too. So Grigsby. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like the 954. But I mean, right now, I, have, I can't really do much for him. He's doing his own thing for work with like Marines and stuff. So he's not actually lifting for like the next like four-ish months or something. And then, yeah. start, then, then they'll start lifting again. And like, then that'll also, you know, people see that. Um, when the guy's like picking up 700 pounds, like it's like a feather. <laughs> it's like, it's always cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like newer people who I'm building. Like I'm literally creating them just like can't do anything but wait until like they finally right. get those numbers and get the attention right it is a game of um yeah you gotta grow your crops for the harvest type deal right it yeah. was a tough thing too would be you don't want to build someone up and then they leave they leave yeah oh, you're yeah. like oh I'd, man i'd be so sad i'm like really i just did that but i mean like i also feel like they would go and then like I don't know. Maybe like that coach doesn't have like the same results, and they'd be like, and come back. But I mean, like for the most part, I think I have a I have good like coach athlete uh, relationships. I'm just I'm I think I'm probably like meaner than a lot of coaches. Not meaner. I'm just a lot more blunt. Like yeah. I'm I'm just real. Like I'm not the I'm not like a your typical girl coach. Like oh my god, yes, that was amazing. I'm like no, that was high. You're rounding. Pause. This like I'm just like very. Straight to the point where, like, I'll get short responses and, and like, since they'll give me a short response. I'm like, was that too rude? Like, I'm just being honest. Like, you didn't hire a friend, you hired a coach. Like, that's how you didn't hire a friend, you hired a coach. <laughs> so, yeah. But it is, uh, I know you mean, it, it is a little bit of both. Like, because we do oh. get romantic, we, we get romantically attached to our numbers and lifting. So yeah. we get hurt feelings with stuff, right? And yeah. then it is like, some of it is chemistry with the coach. Sometimes people will be with the coach, even though they're not the greatest coach in the world, but they, they support them and you feel like, all right, like I just, I'm comfortable here. And sometimes, um, other times the person's like, I don't need that. I just get me where I need to go. You know, yeah, and, other people, 
and people yeah. respond differently too, right? Like not everybody responds the same when it comes to like, like, you know, like when you're a manager at work or whatever it is, you can't, if you've got a team of 20 people, you can't manage everybody the exact same style of management. It yeah. becomes like, all right, when I need this out of this person, this is how I have to approach it. When I need yeah. this out of that person, and it becomes like that, which is weird. And it's tough, especially online when it's texting and whatnot. Is that yeah. like, have you found that too when you're starting to work with people? Well, I, I can't talk to them all the same. Like, I know there's some where, like, I'm just really forward with them and they're fine with it. But I know, like, if you're more, especially the girls, you know, like, they might need, like, that emoji, you know, like, like or the awesome, or, you know, the exclamation <laughs> point, you know, where, like, the guys, for the most part, the guys are okay with, like, my shortness of, like, my, you know, direct. But definitely girls, like, they, I need to be, like, a little bit more, like, that's not, that's not, that's not a personality, though, like, I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, oh my God, like I'm just more so like, I'm very direct, I would say. I love how you go, the girls might need that emoji. <laughs> no, like, it's so no, much seriously. softer. It's so much softer. You throw an emoji in there, I'm good. Yeah, That's I can't, fun. I can't type, that was awesome. Like I have to put, that was awesome exclamation point, And then I'm like, oh, okay, clapping hands. <laughs> like, or you could good. be like, or you could be like, that's good. We just got to go a little deeper. But you put a little cute emoji on there, soften that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's not like, they're like, ooh, you know, so. Throw, throw, I, you know, I think it's funny here. You're like, but the guys, they're fine. They're probably on the other side, teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> they're not yeah. saying, yeah. you don't say a damn thing. Like, why is she yeah. in the shower crying? She's so mean to me. <laughs> she she didn't have to say it like that. There's no emojis, yeah. no yeah. emotion from it. I need to go back to, like, uh, talking. I was saying that for a while. Like, I would, like, send voice messages. Yeah. I think that was, that was a little better. Communication wise, I should go back. Do you well, yeah, because the inflection of the voice and whatnot. Do you like to do also like like Zoom or Skype style meetings with someone like face to face? Or how do you when you when you bring on an athlete, do you ask certain questions about them before they come on or, or how does yeah, it I, I send them a questionnaire, just like everything I could possibly think of what I, what I would want to know. Like, how are you lifting? Why are you lifting? What are I, I want to know what their goals are, especially because if they're like, oh, I'm just probably lifting to lose weight, then I know like I'm not gonna be like like treating them like they're like this athlete. I'm right. like, okay, you know, we're, you know, you're losing the weight, we'll get you a little bit stronger, all's good. But if you're like, oh, I wanna, you know, I wanna qualify for this national, it's like, all right, well, we need to get serious then. Like, yeah, you know, like I ask stuff like that. Ask like what their life is like, like outside of training. So like, you know, if they're coming in tired, I wanna know why, like, what are you doing outside of powerlifting? That's huge, you know? For lifting boxes, like the other half of the day, you're gonna be pretty tired, like, so stuff like that. And you could be like, look it, all right, you're lifting boxes. But if you're staying up all night playing video games, we're going to have a chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I'm like, why aren't you sleeping? Like, I'll give them basic things, like, before, like, they're complaining about something. All right, well, are you drinking water? What, you know, like, what's your, what's your diet like, et cetera. And do you, because you are an athlete and a coach, which more do you find you get more out of it? What do you enjoy? Like, the process. Not just the day of. Well, you know what? This will be a two-part question, because I do want to ask the day of, too, because... I've done both and the day of when you're lifting can be stressful and exciting at the same time. But the day of when you're handling a coach, like watching your athlete can be like, because you don't have control. There's an element of control that gives eases anxiety sometimes. And then you can let yourself down. If you're an athlete, it sucks, but it can happen. But if they don't do well and you feel like you let someone else down is a whole nother level of, holy yeah. like that's tough yeah. however if they make it you could be proud of yourself 
But when they make it and they like do really well and they hit the numbers and you're like, it's a win together, it can yeah. be different. Yeah. Um, well, how, for, we'll do day of, I guess, first, and then we'll talk about the coaching but in terms of rewarding. But how, what do you find in terms of like both those together? And it doesn't look, it's okay to say, look, it, living it myself is better. That's because I've had people on here like, and they're like, I love coaching, but there's nothing quite like doing it myself. Um, you're saying like day of the me? Day of, let's say day of. What do you find, you know, just in comparison? I would say in a normal me, or it's just a me of me doing, hitting numbers, nothing special, then I would choose them. But if it's me and I finally get that world record, I choose that day. Right. <laughs> well, here it is. Look, at, there's a point in time where, you know, it's great, like, you know, helping someone to succeed and get to where they're going. But 20 years from now, they may or may not be in your life. But 20 years from now, you're still, you're still, still a part you're st it's still you and your record is your record and that's your moment. Yeah, yeah. So but I mean, it's still like you're always like a part of that person's life. Even like if you're not coaching them anymore, you like, you know, you still know like you're part of, you're part of that. Even when, even when their numbers are passed, like where you brought them to or whatever, like, you know, you were part of that. And it's kind of cool. You know? you know what? You are right. You, you know what? I, I take that back. I changed my mind because now I just think about it. Perfect example would be um, Joey Flex, John Hack. Joey Flex does not train John Hack anymore, but that can never be undone. The yeah. 2016 IPF World Championship win, the showdown, everything that went into it, it's a part of history. Like, you're right. Like, okay, they're not together anymore as a coach and athlete, but that can't be undone. That's can't be undone. Yeah. It's still happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's true. That's These like are like um, memories, I guess. Oh, right, yeah. Emoji. Kind face emoji. Teary <laughs> eyed emoji. Right. <laughs> I feel you. I got you. Um, what about in terms of like the programming and in terms of like, do you find, do you get more satisfaction sitting down, crunching numbers and finding solutions to problems with athletes and being like, okay, we have a situation here. Like so it, the funny, everything's cool as a coach until a situation happens where someone's numbers are going down or whatever the shit. And you're like, I gotta, I gotta correct this. I gotta write this shit. Yeah. And you sit down, you punch the numbers. Yeah, because that affects me too. Because I mean, like, you know, you have your quote unquote ego as a lifter, and you have your quote unquote ego as a coach. So right. if you're coaching someone and their numbers, are, if, if they're not improving or their numbers are declining or something, like, that's personal. You take that personal. Like, right. you know, same thing as your own numbers. So it's, it's different. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know which is worse if my own numbers or my athlete's number. I guess it's my athlete, num my athlete numbers because, like, because I feel like as a coach, it's like you're not only proving that you're a lifter, it's your knowledge. Like as, as a lifter, you can improve your numbers without the knowledge. I, I mean, as, as you're... Like, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, yeah, like, you know, a random person can go in the gym, have no knowledge, and still improve their numbers just by lifting weights. But right. to like improve someone else's numbers, you know, you're, you're, that creates, that's a different sort of knowledge. Like you're planning something out for someone, and that's just showing, like, you know that sport that well because you can as a lifter to an extent and here's you could take strip yourself of accountability and be like like i'm just going to do whatever you say my success or failure is riding on you and that's part of the joy of having a coach like it eases the tension where you're like look it it's not all i'm, I'm going to do what you tell me to do so yeah. if it works it works it doesn't it doesn't you honestly kind of alleviate that stress and that's yeah. part of the reason why you get coaches when you show up like um at the IPF World Championships, the national team coaches do every, they scout all the top 10 lifters from around the world that you're going to face. They have the game plan, decisions already, like, okay, in terms of 
uh, the percentages. We know Casey on her third deadlift, if she misses her first squat or her third squat, we know percentage-wise, historically speaking, she's this likely to miss her, th her third deadlift. They have all these numbers crunched. So when you're the lifter and you show up, they know like your weigh-ins, they know like they have you. So yeah. you show up and they're like, you just turn off, listen to your music, and they, they are steering this ship, making all the decisions. They know what you need on the bar to go into either first place or if you're battling for third place. And they're like, I know exactly what you need. And here's the game plan and whatever. And there's something easing about it. If you're an athlete yeah. to walk in there and be like, I just got to lift. Yeah. I just got to lift. And, and that's, there's something there. Whereas when, I know you mean where when you're the coach, you bear all of that responsibility. Yeah. That's yours. You can't shut off. It's stressful. You can't shut off. Yeah, that stress, was, that's all on you, right? Yeah, that was one of my stresses about also showdown too. Because it's like, I don't even have a planned handler. And it's just like, you know, if I had like five minutes to review my last lift and then pick my number, that's fine. But it's like, you only get a minute. And like, right. in a minute, how am I going to, you know, get off of this squat, walk, walk over, review my video, you know, put in my head like, okay, I think that moved like this. I should do this next. Like, that takes like a solid like four minutes, you know, like. Yeah if I'm making some like, you know, rash decisions, whatever, but to go to the next thing, just like that, it's like, who's going to record me? Who's going to, you know, who's just going to be like a peace of mind of like watching my lifts. Like I, I didn't have that plan. Like, I'm sure like, you know, I could ask like any, like, you know, like I'm supposed to like, like a uh, death for dishonor or whatever. And I'm sure I could ask like one of the athletes to, you know, help me out. But it's just like, it's just, those aren't people who like watch me train either. So like the whole thing was just kind of like, that was, that was just another thing on top of like not having you know, that coach, or like having a handler set. Like, that's stressful. And, 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 by, and also to be warming up but paying attention to what competitors that you're going against might be putting in for their second, third attempts, and where do you rest in the field and, and stuff like that. It's just too much crunching in, in 60 seconds. You can't, it's, yeah. it's too much. And if you get somebody, yeah. if you get somebody like the day of who doesn't know you very well, and they don't know yeah. your lifts. They, they're totally guessing what your top end is. Was that moving slow for you? No, but I always grind. You can be like a, yeah. a hidden bow, like Steffi Cohen's boyfriend who grinds oh, yeah. on his openers. The guy grind yeah. like you, you can't tell. So if you saw that, you'd be like, oh, he's near the end. My man is not even close to the end. The guy's, yeah. he, he always, you know what I mean? So yeah. getting someone else day of, it'd be, it's difficult for them. They're in a bit of a tough situation with limited data to do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so do you think it's a different type of rewarding, but do you enjoy as an athlete, the process or a coach in terms of programming? What do you think? Do you like actually programming for other people more? Or do you like, you know, what, it, it's different types of rewarding, I know. But do you like that? Like that analytical reviewing and crunching? Yeah. Numbers? I mean, I think it's really cool whenever I'm programming and then you see the progression happening and yeah. you're like, oh, you're, you're supposed to hit this number at this RP and they do it and you're like, yes, like that's like, <laughs> that, like that math worked out. Like that's, that's, just, that's just so cool. This is all coming together. And the more people you coach as well, you have a bigger and greater sample size to draw from. And yeah. now you're like, so just like any kind of studies, you know, if you want it science-based, you need samples. So the more people you got, the more different variables that every single different person brings to the table. So you're like, man, I'm learning a lot, just coaching more and more and more. Yeah. No, I definitely became a better lifter having athletes. Like I myself became a better lifter. It, it also helps too. If you have to problem solve a few things with, the, with an athlete and you don't have the emotional attachment, when that pops up into you and you're starting to get emotional attachment to it, you'd be like, I've seen this before. 
yeah. this worked. I know this worked, yeah. you know, so let's try this. So I can see where it could probably help out. Yeah. Um, what are some of your goals for the future as an athlete and as a coach? Um, as a coach, I want to make someone get like some type of record, like whether, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at like the building deadlifts. So I, I have like one girl, she's doing really good. Um, eventually in the future, I'd like for her to like get a deadlift record. Um, and as for me, I, I'm just still chasing the 198 or 198 plus record or the all time. So that's, that's my main focus. And then like maybe one day, like my bench is probably never going to be that great. Um, <laughs> my squat has some hope. So I know I feel the pain. There is bench is weird. I had um like Taylor Atwood was on and he's like, listen, man, some people you can only progress so much on the bench and it all almost is what it is. Like he's he coaches and he's been around forever as well. And he's like, I've seen it where like it's something weird about the bench. You can get improvements, but it's like you're adding pennies, like you're not adding dimes and dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's gonna be a slow boil to say the least. Yeah. Actually, Joey yeah. Flex has said that as well. Joey Flex is like, I think a stat was, he's like, I've never missed a bench in competition ever, which is a crazy stat when you've competed as many times as he has. But he's like, it's consistent. But on the flip side, I've, my gains on bench has been very minimal over years. And sometimes that's the way it is. And you just stay in the pocket and you work your yeah. overall game. His total's gone huge up. But like, you got to learn grow in the directions that are growing don't try to force it the, the number the numbers for bench are just so much smaller like you know like a 200 a 200 pound bench is pretty good for a girl you know and three, 300 pounds is huge like that's like you don't really see a girl going that much more beyond 300 right mm -hmm. um but i mean you know because in terms of squat it's like any girl like almost any girl can squat 200 so like comparing those is i, I feel like I feel like lifts increase, can increase percentage-wise. I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind, ignore that. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. Like, percentage-wise, and when your bench is going up, if you got a 200-pound bench, to add five pounds on your yeah. squat, but to add yeah. five pounds on your 200-pound bench, people like, fuck, my bench isn't moving. It's like, it's like that percentage-wise, it is moving. It's got to be patient. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think like, like you can add like 10 pounds to your bench or like let's say you go you bench i bench 232 all right that was so easy you had 10 pounds and you're like yo that was like a million times harder like that was i had 10 pounds like that's, that's the type of thing that's what's wrong with you. right yes they're like why did this get so heavy so quickly it's because percentage wise you jumped huge yeah. and that's where people yeah. kind of lose perspective that's a big thing with handling too people get a little too they start saying with progression with everything I should see this on the day of. So this is what I'm going to load the bar with. And sometimes like, we're going to load the bar with how your second attempt looked. Not, yeah. with, what you, not with what you told yourself three weeks out. Because yeah. things change, right? That's another yeah. thing that you get with maturity of competing enough. Yeah. But, uh, like, you all have like an ego about like what they open up with. It's like, no, open up with like what you know you could miss or miss. Open up with what you know you can get, what you can hit no matter what, no matter what. Like even if that's... Yeah the bar like i don't care what but if you can open up with that and just be in the game and whatever it takes to knock them out from there it's like okay we can well, comfortably add this weight you know it's like who cares what you open up with it's what you end with you know and you bomb out like you're done like no. And this is that's that's when I start getting worried about people bragging about their openers. They're like I open with this. I'm gonna open yeah. with this. I'm getting so strong. I'm gonna open with this. It's like yeah. you shouldn't be when you put ego attached to bragging with 
openers, this is disaster, man. Don't open big like it's a, you're proving a point with your openers. Prove your point with your thirds, not your opener. You know, (laughs) play super duper safe. I've seen disaster strike in the IPF. I'm not sure what it is with, with some of the other feds, but if you break a world record, it only stands if you register a total. So if you break a world record in squat, if you ball mountain deadlifts, you don't get your world record. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's the same way. Is it? Okay. So I have seen people break world records and then bomb out the next event. And it's, you know, that's the harshest, like you are literally from on top of the world. Like, oh my God, this is the best day of my life to holy shit, I I gambled it away. You literally gambled it all. You went all in where it's like, take it easy, protect that world record, open super duper light. Yeah. But um, disaster strikes. Just it stay is in what the it game, is. no matter what. That's like that's how I think about it. Just, as long as you stay in it, like. And plus, you know, the first attempt is like that's that's like the most nerves. It's like oh my god, I'm going out there for the first time to go spot. But then after you do it the first time, it's just it's easier the second and third as well. Yeah, same with on bench. When you first go out there, you're like, how are the bench pauses going to be like? Get used to it, whatever. And then okay, we're rocking and rolling. Once the nerves go out, like you get your first deadlift in, you're not going to bomb. So you can make huge jumps. It's, it's, it's all icing on the cake now. It's all yeah. gravy now. But just get that, solidify that total. Okay. The biggest. Uh, one question I always ask everybody whenever they come on. When all is said and done, and you're looking back at your career, how do you want to be remembered? Um, I guess I, I want to be like, one of like, I want to, I want to hit some like kind of legendary numbers. That's for sure. At least for deadlifts, you know, maybe something that like is very hard to even touch. That's like the ultimate goal. And then secondary as a coach to kind of, um, in the future, I'd like to like, you know, make some points on like what, like what my programming and coaching is actually based on. And, you know, I'll, you know, kind of like how uh, a good one is how, you know, Jaffe strength, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How he has like a million videos, and you know he's definitely had put his like footprint, you know, in powerlifting. Where like you know he puts out a lot of videos and ideas and stuff like that. Like in the future, I'd want to do that. And like, okay, guys. So this is actually like I I know a lot of ideas of programming is like this, and I'm like this is actually mathematically of how this is actually working out. Like in the future, once I get like my own records, then I'll be like. This is what's actually going on. So stuff like that would be cool. Um, and then also just like, just helping people, you know, like whether it can just be like, just a confidence boost, like, especially like a lot of my girls or even the guys, um, you know, helping them with that. Like, you know, you, you watch the video of them pulling a number they never pulled at the end, you see them like a huge smile. And it's like, you know, it's cool to be a part of that, you know? For sure, 100%, leaving an impact in the game, basically. Yeah. And that's where, like, when you're a coach, you have the ability to make it an even greater impact than just what you've done for yourself. Yeah. So, first off, thanks for coming on. Like, we're, we're pushing in two hours now, so I appreciate the time. And you coming on, sure. give me two hours of your time. Um, is there, when people want to reach out to you for coaching, if anyone who's listening, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, literally just my Instagram, which is my name, Casey. It's spelled different, K-H-E-Y-C-I-E. <laughs> I was about to say, you should probably spell it. And um, and uh, is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go? Um, not really. <laughs> you for having me on the show. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Keep in touch. Right. Bye. See you.